Ready, set, go! This is the Checkpoint Radio Podcast. Tune into our weekly radio show. For more information, go to CheckpointRadio.com. Here are your hosts, Nate Bender, Robbie Landis, Norris Howard, and Joe Sloan. Checkpoint Reach. Hey, welcome to the Checkpoint Podcast on the Westwood One Podcast Network. Everyone's listening. Exclusive, uncensored, and extended conversations from the nationally syndicated crew of the Checkpoint Radio Show. My name's Nate Bender. I'm joined by the Checkpoint Radio crew, Robbie Landis. What up? Over at our drawboard, Norris Howard. Check out all these zany characters. And over at the Checkpoint News Desk, Joe Sloan. How am I supposed to follow that up? Yeah, I know. How do you, how do you? Anyway, uh, welcome to the Checkpoint uh, Podcast. We uh, are, are happy to have you. Um, so we have challenged our audience. Audience to leave us 60 iTunes reviews inside of a year. And they're stalling out. A little bit. Uh, only one new review from last week, and we do thank you for that review, but we ask that you ch- uh, you know chime in. A lot of people download this show each and every single week. Um, More so, than 60. Yeah, exactly. So we would love for you to share your thoughts and opinions on the show uh, by uh, d- looking us up on uh, Apple Podcasts or iTunes, whichever you want to call it, and uh, dropping us a little bit of a review. Uh, let us know what you think of the show but let's check out a couple of reviews because we did have like god we have like i don't know like uh 14 reviews come down on the, like the week that we were out at e3 yeah they're all tagged what up though yeah exactly. i can't help but feel like, i can't remember what we had asked people to do or, i feel like Norris, did we promise something for that i don't know i don't even remember yes no. we did no we, i didn't we no did. we did we did if we get uh to uh, all those reviews joe's cosplaying as bubsy oh, oh well, that was a while ago that's right yeah, yeah i forgot and about that i'm going to make the costume from like dollar store supplies you are i forgot about that and you know what? Maybe that was what uh, had inspired people to leave some reviews. I think Norris makes all the kids he works with. I think he made them all fill out one. I think that's what happened here. No, I, first of all, these kids can't even have names like Broncognito. Can you can Why you assign can you assign homework? Me? Yeah. Is that something that, that is in within your power to do? Of course it is. Okay, well, then I want you to assign homework that is to go review <laughs> Checkpoint Radio. Okay, I will. Yes! Yes! This is going to work. Wait, this no, is... those kids cannot hear the podcast. They have to hear the radio show. <laughs> Dude, just fuck up. They listen to way worse shit. <laughs> Fair right? enough. Yeah, yeah. Put, listen, li- put down the little pump and listen exactly. to this radio show, which maybe you should, you know, yeah, no, like, don't worry about them. They're, they're, they'll be fine. Okay. So this one's for... Uh, from what up? Do, or he says, "What up, Doe?" By Bro Incognito. You want to you want to take another stab try, at that? Try again. I you want to stutter Sorry. through that try one? Through that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What up, Doe? There you go. By Bro Incognito. There you go. These guys are entertaining and offer multifaceted opinions on the ever-changing scape of gaming. I listen to these guys every week when I mow the lawn, and I'll keep listening as long as the grass grows. Mm. Well, now I mean, that is a double entendre if I've ever heard one. Yeah, maybe, yeah. maybe. I mean, yeah. it has hey, to be phrasing. You know, if they're if they live in a state like uh, California, Colorado, or Washington, or Colorado, which I understand we have a fairly large listener base in. We so, do. You know, that's fine. Uh, Anyway, thank you very much, Bro Incognito. We uh, really appreciate uh, the review. Uh, We've got another one, though. Yeah, we got one more. This says, what up, though, from Wild Junkie. 187. This is easily the best commentary and analysis uh, is for all the video gaming that you will find. Professional, insightful, and entertaining commentary that will leave you wanting more awesome thank you very much wow junkie and i'll forgive your f- poorly constructed sentence that's okay i during I, the I review had to yes there's R- a, a, read as written as written by norris big so. big big pregnant pause there because yeah. I, I was unsure what the hell that was anyway so thank you very much wow junkie 187 you can join the likes of bro incognito and wow junkie 187 and have your review read here on the podcast if you leave one you got to leave one though that's that's sort of the caveat sure sure you know we can't read anything that doesn't exist so um although i think we should try i think we'll start making up podcast that reviews. Would be fascinating <laughs> wouldn't it I like it. Yeah, no, we're going to make up some podcast reviews. Yeah. Um, so, uh, please, actually, that would be really fun. Yeah, that'd be a good bit, right? Yeah. I Which one like of these that. reviews is real? Yeah. Yes, pick, pick the, the fake li- review. Pick the liar. Pick the, pick we, 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 yeah, I like this. I like man, this. We could, yeah. we could even have a prize to give away. Yeah, that'd be great. I like yeah. this idea. It's a great idea. 
Uh, we get such great ideas when we're on the podcast, right? It's always because like, we're always just like shooting the shit. Exactly, yeah, right? Like uh, we we still need to uh, execute checkpoint what? in time. I, man, I, oh man, great moments in checkpoint history. Think about it. Even if that if we had that bit ready, era. it still would have gotten bounced this week. Right? That would have yeah. gotten bounced another week. God, we had a busy show this week. We did have a busy. Like I had two. We had we were playing two games this week. I mean, one was only kind of a game. I guess they they were the other one was definitely a game, and they both got bounced. Yeah, they. Dead. Well, I mean, we had some breaking news that we had to cover. We'll we'll talk about what we got into on the show uh, a little bit later. But we wanted to start off this week talking about you know MMOs, uh, not specifically MMOs. We talk a lot about MMOs this week, and we talk a lot about Elder Scrolls and it game had, franchises in general. It had knocked loose a discussion about the way that video games have been taking much more complicated and nuanced. Um, mechanics and slowly over time dumbing them down or streamlining them um, for you know ease of access to yeah. the audience. It right. seems like we're kind of on the other side of the bell curve. You had games that were very simple in the 80s and early 90s and you saw like in the early 90s up through the 2000s there's ballooning complexity. complexity. Yeah. Right. And now we're kind of like on the other side of that. We're now we're starting to see things paired back. Things like brought back to the more simpler. And and I think that there that process is kind of necessary, right? Because, you know, technology has facilitated so many different mechanics that you can implement into your game. You know, a, a game like Assassin's Creed, right? Like you have the the battle mechanic, you've got the fighting mechanic and then you've got all of the other shit that you end up doing. That they have to add a new thing every single franchise. Yes, exactly. Whether it's, you know, ship crafting or ship piloting or whatever the fuck. Just a bunch of fucking side shit to do that's not important. Bro, don't sleep. I loved my Assassin's Creed. That you could play with on your phone. Oh, that was dumb. Yes, it was. (laughs) That was a good idea, poor execution. Right, so, you know, you would think that as technology continues to get more complex and you can do much more complex things that games would naturally follow suit. And I think that you're right. That's a, it's, it's a very apt observation, Joe, that we're kind of onto the other side of, you know, this idea that games have to balloon in scope and size. And, and Some still do, by the way, not to their benefit, looking at you, Armager System and FF15. Right, but I, you know, there was actually, there was a video that I had watched the other day on YouTube and I wish I could kind of give credit here because uh, I, 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 it it was something that I was watching while I was like falling in and out of sleep, but it was talking about how the Elder Scrolls series has been progressively pared down and gotten less ambitious since. And I know what people are going to think. They're going to think, oh, since Morrowind, right? No, yeah. since Daggerfall, Daggerfall yeah. because Daggerfall, you know, if you look at uh at, at like one of those videos that you see passed around Facebook that compares the size of game world maps, maps. Ah, yeah, right? Yeah. And you actually see the size of the Daggerfell map, and especially in comparison to Morrowind and Skyrim and Oblivion, you go, oh my god, that game was so much bigger, like so much drastically larger than any of the other games. Though, to be fair, that map was also procedurally generated Yes, and very empty, much of very the time. Boring, right. Very ah, boring, right? Very boring. Yes. Okay. So, so it's not like it didn't have its drawbacks, but you also had other systems, you know, like uh, the class system yes. that eventually ended up going by the wayside in the Elder Scrolls series in Skyrim. That you know got replaced with the 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 skill, skill trees, tree. right? And and so I think progressively, and he did have a point. Like I didn't agree with everything that he was saying in the video, but he did have a point that games, and specifically if you take the Elder Scrolls series as an example, will take a, a, a premise and start by building on top of it, right? Yeah. Arena started as just an arena fighter that they turned into a full-blown RPG because they got more ambitious. They're like, we can do more right. than just How an Fortnite arena Fortnite was a base builder that they basically, uh, and tower defense that they turned into mm-hmm. a battle. Now look at yeah. what they're doing That's with like ARGs and everything. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a great analogy. But, you know, when they tried to out, way outdo themselves in Daggerfall, which they did, right? But then, you know, you get to Morrowind and uh, believe me, a lot of the problems that were 
present in Daggerfall got a, a addressed in Morrowind. Oh yeah. But when you look and you and you re- do a little bit of research about what the original scope of the Morrowind game was supposed to be, because it was supposed to encompass the it wasn't entire, just fell. The entirety. It was the entirety of all, the all of province. the Morrowind province. Yeah. You know, you were supposed to have a, a a quest that involved joining one of the five great houses and this big conflict that was at the center mm-hmm. of it. And, and you can, by the way, in Morrowind, you can really feel it where you'll like advance so far in a house and then just suddenly like no one will give you a quest and you can't advance any further. And you're like, I feel like it was supposed to keep going. Right. Yeah, exactly. And so, you know, I, I and, and especially with the scale of Morrowind, where you could stand on top of a mountain and see two cities at the same oh, yeah. time, um, they really did scale that back, but increased the amount of things that you could do, the interesting, the amount of interesting things that were jammed in that area. And the narrative, and the, the depth, not bloat. Depth, right? So part of you know when we're staying on Elder Scrolls with this analogy, this is part of what makes Skyrim work so well. Makes it as popular as it is. And Bethesda has figured this out, right? Because instead of you know, and this it goes back to just the oldest, most fundamental, you know, uh, uh, foundational RPG stuff, right? It doesn't have to be complicated to get better at a certain weapon or skill. There is no skill tree. If you want to be better at using bows, you, you use, use bows. bows. Yeah. Right. Well, I, I think what they do is what you see people try to do in movies a lot of the time, much to the detriment of the movie. What, tr- what they try to do with Elder Scrolls is take what is popular and what works, expand on those systems while either pairing back or eliminating the systems that don't work. And you saw that right. a lot with Daggerfall. A lot of what disappeared from Daggerfall to Morrowind, it was a lot of stuff, but it was generally things that weren't super popular in Daggerfall right. outside of maybe with a small percentage of the population. And you see that happen in movies all the time where they'll try to do like a sequel with like, oh, people love this about the first movie. Let's make the sequel uh, all about uh, that. And then yeah. the second movie just feels pandery and mm-hmm. it sucks. And, yeah. dead. and like Oblivion to me. Right. Like Oblivion, Where, like I think you have Morrowind which and Skyrim, which were both pretty good examples of doing that well. Yes. And Oblivion... Not so much. Not so much. Where I think they heard a lot of the criticisms, like Vardenfell is very small, yep. and you know it, it, there's there's less of a variety of things to do, and and they heard that and they built Oblivion to be yes, you're right, a mu- physically a much bigger map. Yes, but it's not like in the jump from Morrowind to Oblivion, they didn't get rid of a few things as well, right? Like uh, you couldn't um, you couldn't dump a bunch of points into acrobatics. And, and jump a mountain and ju- yeah jump over uh, oh over the God. mountain right like that that was, that was something that you could do oh yeah uh, you could oh, do that totally in wow. Robbie, oh, totally in Morrowind there's a disease called Hulk corpus <laughs> which you can just abuse to get your strength up through the roof yeah. you can fish in with like a thousand strength and just jump roofs yeah you're, you're Superman by the end oh, of it yeah and and I mean so you know there I think I I do think though that you know while you can with some reasonable ability say that yes elder scrolls over time has gotten less ambitious yes it has. you can't say that it's been to the detriment of the success of the series because and and, and this is the point that they made at the very, very end of the video skyrim has sold more copies than any other rpg ever made well, and, and think about it right so we talk Defined about an entire an entire generation of rpgs yes. it was my first elder scrolls games there you go it was the mm-hmm. entry port for a lot of people yeah. Yeah. you can elder play scrolls. it on the toilet literally in, in <laughs> on multiple systems literally. including yeah. the toilet but yes. it, it worked because it it took all the stuff that you had in oblivion right like i for the longest i couldn't tell you the difference between fucking chayton hall and anvil right i couldn't i couldn't tell you what makes those towns different but i could tell you what is the difference between winterhold and falkreath Mm-hmm. Right, Mark Arth, or yeah, yeah, Mark Arth. Right, I could tell you the difference between those because they're stark. Why? All they did was say we can make a map that's just as big, but let's just make it more distinct. Yeah, and it interesting, was, and interesting. But let's take out like three towns. Well, that's like like again the expansion that we saw off of Vardenfell in Morrowind. All of the cities. 
mm, say for maybe one like Saran or something like that yeah. were very unique they right. all had their own feel to them the Telvani based cities all kind of had like that insectoid thing the, god I hate the Telvani uh, yeah uh, the, Ald- the Aldruin it's literally got the big thing uh, built into the giant crab right. monster yep. everywhere felt very unique so they took this map which I mean let's be honest Vardenfell is it's, it's, it's very gray yeah, yeah. It, it's. I yeah. mean, there's of course the swampy area, but outside of that, it's it's very gray and samey. Yeah. But they make all the cities so interesting, and they make your like your journeys through like the the mountain passes and all that so you know kind of unique with all the different thieves dens you can find. They make it work. Yeah. And they kind of expand on that di- idea in Skyrim to the point where they they really didn't do it in Oblivion. Yes. When wandering through Oblivion, like. I hated the fast travel system and yet had to look at Oblivion and say, but thank God I don't have to walk through exactly. that. Exactly. Yeah. And, and, and Skyrim, I literally have booted up the game and just walked. Yeah, like not, sure. You know, just ran. Literally like, just ran. Right. Right. Fast travel felt a little, to me, unnecessary in Skyrim. That world was interesting enough that I'm willing to go use like silt striders if they, I mean, they don't have them, but if they had silt striders or, you right. know, boat passages, yeah. I'd be willing to make the short walks like I was in Vardenfell. In Oblivion, on in Cyrodiil, yeah. Oh dude, no. no, I don't yeah. even want to see the the overworld. No, I don't no. want to see it. Absolutely not. Because I mean, it's, I'm just it's, going it's, to I'm just going to map points that, exactly, and just advancing the, the story. biodiversity wasn't even great enough, honestly. In 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 Oblivion, but as you guys were saying, that's a perfect example of them looking at what was happening in uh, in Merwind and scaling it back too far, right? You know, as they say, you know, oh man, let's make it bigger. Let's make it not as gray. Let's put stupid colors on the roofs and on everybody's shields but so I they think, know I, the difference. I, I mean, I think I, Bethesda definitely, and granted, Morrowind came at a time when the company was just about to go belly up. They were yeah. just about to go bankrupt. And, uh, you know, if 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 Morrowind had realized the scope of the original project, I, even through DLC, even through DLC, mind you, I think that it would have been so much more difficult to levy a criticism like the Elder Scrolls is fundamentally less ambitious than something like Daggerfall, because that to me is very ambitious, you know, uh, and and. To see over time what the modding community has been able to accomplish through Oblivion, through Skyrim, yeah. in in fleshing out more of Tamriel and finding things to do and, and even improving on what Bethesda has made originally. I mean, I do think that there is room now moving into the Elder Scrolls 6 to even improve on what Skyrim improved from Oblivion. It, so my 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 fundamental question and kind of what lies at the heart of this discussion topic is what moving into the Elder Scrolls 6 can Bethesda pare down, streamline, or make more simple that they didn't already in more or in uh, Skyrim? Sure. And what can what do they need to expand to be able to you know satiate that? Because there's there's you know now that it's been streamlined and made simple, you've gotten a ton of people in the door. Do you m- keep making it more simple? I, I think- or do you now, because you've expanded your base so much, you don't you know, you don't have anything to to lose except their I, criticism. I think, I think at this point, from a world building and story building, lore building standpoint, I don't think there's too much they need to change. You saw no, the beginning really good formula. You saw the beginnings of that formula in Moral Wind. You saw it for, you know, better or for worse, extended into Oblivion. It kind of really perfected, in my opinion, in Skyrim. Yeah. So I think they got that figured out. I think honestly, you know, Skyrim could use a better inventory management system. Sure. It's, it's still very console based and very, you know, cumbersome and unintuitive sure so i think that's something that they can look forward to look forward to to improving making that a little bit more i don't know responsive yeah but but do they do they need to expand the scope do they need to make the map that you're adventuring in bigger more quests more stuff to do that's that's personally what i would like when i played through skyrim i had done all the uh quote unquote achievements. I got all the achievements on all the quests and whatnot. And I actually still had a hunger to play when I was done, but I'd felt like, all right, well I've 
I've pretty much done everything. So I think what I would like is just more stuff. And based on what they've recently done with Fallout 4, which I'm now on my third playthrough, and still haven't actually managed to finish the story, I think they have the ability to do that. Well, I, and not just that, they have even more of an ability now, because it'll be online, they can add DLC packs and stuff at will. I mean, they could just give out free quests and free quest lines if they wanted to. Yeah, there's a, you know, there's a famous quote that says, uh, a designer knows he's achieved perfection not when there's nothing left to add, but when there's nothing left to take away. And Skyrim, I think, really speaks to that quote. That's very... Uh, absolutely. Yeah. And, I, and I mean, you know, if you talk about the design philosophy of Todd Howard, you know, he's one of those that very much believes in paring down the superfluous. Yeah, exactly. If it, if it doesn't need to be there... It really shouldn't be there. And yeah. I think when you do that, you get a very crisp, a very uh, focused game. And that's what I think a lot of people are drawn to about Skyrim. When you play Skyrim, you know what you're there to do. Right. You know what the like. You know what the character's about. You know what the story is. And you go do it. And it's, they make it fun along the way. I think if they're going to expand in Elder Scrolls 6, what I would like to see is a little bit more, I guess, character design. Like it's character design and adding in quests, like you guys are saying. Like those are the two things. But really, all you're asking for at that point is like, just give us more of just what do you're more doing. Of well. what you're more doing. of what you do well. And and it's a great place to be. Uh, in. Yeah, as a designer, like, is there a better compliment than someone just saying like, no, 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 just do more. You've of got that. the well, formula it, down. Just do that. And the thing is, is that I think they've they've perfected so much. It's not so much that they've continued to to strip things out. Is that they've just had more stuff be pointless there's not a feeling of, of there's not even a feeling of every object any object is pointless right in, in an elder scrolls game and i think again by the time you got the skyrim they really really just perfected that and so i'm with you joe I, I don't think that there's too much more that they could take away but i do think that if there is one that character design for me is probably the weakest aspect of of the elder scrolls because at the end of the day you're basically just you pick your race which has some benefits to you and then you basically in skyrim you pick whichever weapon you like the most and that's what you play with right yeah and that's i mean that's that's fine but i think like there's almost a degree of freedom in the restriction that class choices provide absolutely no i told i'm totally with you but bethesda built in and out for themselves in skyrim by making the main character the dragonborn right that had these additional powers and could explain something like a skill tree whereas in oblivion and previous iterations of elder scrolls it's just constellations basically you well and you're just you're just a prisoner you're not i mean you know nerevarine and well, whatnot but at the same time though the the constant theme with with morrowind or morrowind indeed but uh in elder scrolls games is if i say i am the legend and i do what the legend is then i am the legend sure sure you're the nerevarine but you're only the nerevarine because someone told you you are and you went and fulfilled all and those prophecies it's a self-fulfilling prophecy. It, sure, you could say you're the narrowing, but what does that mean? That just means you're a legend. Right. And and I think, you know, to that, they could bring something like the class system back. Totally. From, you know, Oblivion <laughs> and make it better improve on it but, from but what Oblivion. They, what they did with Skyrim was so, so perfect. perfect. Just play the way you want to play. No, uh, but you can I do mean, that in yeah, a class system. Exactly. You can still do that inside of Oblivion. You know, like you could do that in Morrowind. Exactly. No, I mean you could do it in ESO. We're doing exactly. We're doing it in ESO. But I think I think just that freedom of going. Hey, you know, I really want to improve my single hand. You know, my sword and board. I just. Go into some dungeons, but that's and always been bash an, crap. right. But that's always been an aspect of Elder Scrolls. Even under the the class system, you had that. But you could it was still just, max out all your skills. To right. It was it was just a bonus, an initial start bonus yeah, to, start to, bonus. to, to okay. certain that's, skills. That's fair. Right. It, it like was you still, declaring at the beginning of the game. This is what interests me, and probably what I want to try to do. Exactly. And really, I mean, yeah, you could start the game off in Morrowind and say, yeah, I want to be a thief rogue. Get into the game and then immediately just start leveling up other skills and putting your stats yeah. in that, and you never have to do it. Right? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. You, you, can, you can start learning magic immediately. Just end up yeah, start exactly. doing destructing destruction. Yeah, totally. Yeah, exactly. And it's and it is based on what you end up using, so it ends up adapting to the way that you want to play, and that's one of the benefits that the Elder Scrolls series has always kind of had. Right? Like it always has allowed you to play the way that you want to play. And I think I'm I'm with you guys. I would like to see an expanding of scope. 
a bigger map that of course would sure. be fun you know a lot of uh people are are suggesting that we'll see a revisit to, to high rock and uh to um uh, what's the red card area? I can't remember. Hammerfell. The, Hammerfell. Thank you. Um, and and I think that you know, in terms of the technological leap forward that we've seen from Daggerfall. From, well, not just from Daggerfall, but in in the last like ten years just, worth just of in gaming the, in the alone. Show. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And in terms of you know what uh, you know the size of maps that can be produced these days, I think you could do something a bit more ambitious. In that area and do, you know, like double the size yeah. of Skyrim. Let, let's remember, Skyrim was made for the PS3. That's right. Exactly. And this game is going to be for the PS5. Like, there's much. no way this is coming out on the PS4. No, 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 no. This is next. So year. we are going two gens. Yeah. In the it next very game. Well, it very well could be double the size. The scope's going to be much larger I, just by nature of what is capable of being made and the amount of time that is going to go into the development of this game. Yeah. yeah. We are now seven years removed from Skyrim and we've just gotten our title image we, and we don't even know what zone it is. Like, I literally the shortest of teaser trailers. I, yeah. I just need to say, Todd, if you're listening, just please make sure that there's not the load problem that Fallout 4 had, man. It's, it's ridiculous. It's a well, long time. And, it's a long and time. <laughs> I, I, but I do think that there are other fundamental concepts that, you know, w- like what what's going to end up replacing the Dragon Shout power? Are they going to have to will build they a, you make a will new they? power? Will, do they have to, though? That's the first time that, no, we've, they don't. that we've received a kind of like special power that makes us different an, from an any ability. of the world. Yeah, yeah. Right, that, that makes us different from any of the other denizens of Tamriel. I like that's the idea. That, that is that that's what makes Skyrim stand out. Skyrim's yes, the one where you have dragon powers. That, where you have dragon powers. Yep, I'd be yep. cool with you, that. You can't Thank make you. another Dovahkin. I, I to- I'd be totally cool with I that. To- I, and, and if that was a one-off, I'm totally fine with that. We also don't need to be some random prisoner. Like it's fine if you want to. Be like uh, you're the prince of this country in this one. Okay. Yeah. You don't have to be some random prisoner every time either. Love if you're just somebody born like into. Like the Daggerfall royal family or something like some type that. Of, or, or, or noble house or, or noble something house like or something like that. Because One like, of the great I, I houses, that'd be so cool. Like, I get it that that's a, that's a trope. It's a in, trope, in yeah. Elder Scroll, well, in Elder Scrolls. In Elder Scrolls. God, what was the name of the writer for Bethesda at that time where that was like, like he loved, you know, like walking the legend. That was his theme. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. And that's why you're always I, like some I, random prisoner. Yeah. Yeah, but I would just I would just think from a narrative standpoint, that there we go. That's the main thing I want to find out I would like to see different with Elder Scrolls. I want to see them try a couple more different type of narrative styles. So, like, I, I, of course, they'll have their quests. Don't change the quests. The quests work perfectly fine. But for your overall arcing narrative, yeah, uh, your main storyline, I would like to see them see them try a few. You know, take some adventures. Well, and and I think that you know, wrapping back around to Elder Scrolls Online, that's one of the things that's kind of refreshing about yeah. playing playing that game. Where you know, yes, there is a storyline where you're kind of like you know the savior. That's the Moloch Ball Ball storyline. Oh, yeah. That's the. Uh it's, uh, it's the, what's considered the MSQ from for, the original release. Back in the beta times, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, not beta, no, but no, original no. release. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. Um, and and while that is a, actually a very well-done storyline and a great version of sort of like the hero's tale from prison to, right. to legend, the way that you're treated by the rest of the world is... Is not as the savior of Tamriel. You're not the guy that you know defeats Molag Ball, and that's the thing that people know you as. It's like really only six people that know that part of that adventure, and the rest of the world just treats you as goes along as an adventurer. Right. Well, that speaks to the fractured nature of Tamriel, right? Like if if I am you know Lord Nerevar reborn as the Nerevarine Slayer of Vivek and uh, Almalexia, <clears throat> as soon as I leave Vardenfell, everyone's like. Slayer of who? Right. You guys have living gods? Well, not anymore. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, exactly. Like you, as soon as you get out into, like, Cyrodiil, everyone's like, I don't care. But not, even, yes. not but, even that. But then, you know, Malak Bowl's realm is even further removed from everything else. So it makes narrative sense why you couldn't just come back and be like, oh, man, great job at killing that Daedric Prince. Daedric Prince of Rape, by the way. Yeah. Thank you for would, that title. How would anybody even know that? 
Yeah, no, I, I, I and Marin's dagger. the way that Elder Scrolls Online, every once in a while, after you've done a bunch of quests, every once in a while, you'll hear someone in town comment as you run by, oh, yeah, the, the, the way that you handled that thing was really amazing. But, like, most of the time they're talking about weird side quests a that I've done. A thing that you had done yeah. in that area. And it makes that area seem a little bit more alive. But and then just, you, when you move on to the next area, it's like, oh, who the fuck are you? Yeah, but just just one last quick thing that I think is very intelligent talking about uh, ESO is that there's a quest line in... Uh, in the uh, island of Stros Mackay, right? Where the starting area for uh, the Daggerfall Covenant, right? Right. You go there, and there's a series of quests where after you're introduced to this one particular character, you can just move along. You yeah. can just go and finish that quest line. Yeah, it's, it's like you have three, or like there's, you have to, there's three NPCs. They want you to recruit. After one, they let you continue on in the storyline, and you can choose whether or not you want to go right. recruit the other two. I like the fact that you have presented me then with choice, because later on down the road, when I was in the orc area, those NPCs that I had recruited came back and, you know, started opening doors yeah. I yes. couldn't open. I wanted to do uh, Vardenfell last, so even though it dropped yeah. me on Vardenfell to start with, I immediately left and went to go do uh, Skyrim area. Oh, did you? I did. Uh, okay. So I, I got dropped off, and uh, you're on this island that's being attacked, so you have to round up everyone and get them to go leave and go to safety, effectively. Yes. And, and it drops you off in Sednayin, right? Uh, well, that's Morrowind. Oh. It drops you off in Sednayin. Uh, yeah. did, you, did you go to the newbie area in Skyrim? Uh, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's, know. that's where I've been. Okay. Um, so now, uh, you know, as we're getting ready to like uh, find everyone in the area, it's the you know it's the beginners area. Uh, and they're like, all right, are are we ready to go? Have you found everybody? And I'm like, I don't, I don't, I don't know. know. Are there have more I? people? Maybe? Usually, you tell me when I found You're everybody. You're like, can I have a checklist? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. And so I'm like, like, I'm call, like oh my please? god, my new city's gonna suck. I'm gonna be missing like the blacksmith or something. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, but I, I thought that was very interesting. Like you said, that's like, new to something like Elder Scrolls. That, yeah. That's something that wasn't really present beforehand. You have an arrow and you go to it, and you complete it. You know, so, so no something no something you, you you guys mentioned that just popped in my head that I think that I would prefer as a player in uh, in MMO or in game instead of people recognizing me for my achievements. I think I much prefer when you're going around just hearing the NPCs. Refer to what happened Like they heard about it Yeah They don't know exactly Who you. did yeah, or yeah, what yeah. Just, just that it's happened You know I can't believe I'm about to say this It's one thing that The older public Did so well The way people Interacted with you Changed based on What you played hmm. So if you're hmm. A Jedi And you're in You know A, a light force area People would be like, oh, wow, Sir Jedi, that's awesome. Yeah, Whereas yeah, yeah. if you're a Sith, they'd be a little bit more scared. A little more scared around you. But the idea is, uh, so I was a uh, a Sith Lord, yeah. uh, a Sith warrior. Mm-hmm. So when I went to places, people were like, oh, my God, my Lord. Uh, I, 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 like, your MP, like, the question used to be like, I, I can't believe I'm about to ask a Sith Lord for this, but like, I need you to go do this. Is that okay? Please don't kill me. Whereas if you're uh, a Sith Inquisitor yeah. and someone who is not directly, like, like, you know, you're usually in the shadows, they don't know, they'll treat you like shit. Because hmm. they don't know any better. Because they don't know any better. Right. So like, it changes based on what, what class you play. I'm like, that's See, actually what, really interesting. What, what would have made that experience even better is if after the NPC said, don't kill me, you could exit the dialogue and, and then kill, kill them. them. Frequently, you were allowed to do that. Were you? I'll tell you, as the Sith, as the Sith warrior, there was a lot of people where like, you'd finish their quest line, and then they'd be like, all right, well, thank you. And you'd be like, great, now die. Really? Like, oh, frequently, yeah, you were allowed to do oh, that kind of shit. I like that. Yeah. I like that. But, I mean, uh, the, the point in bringing up ESO is that Elder Scrolls can take the perspective of, oh, you're just another dude. You're not the savior yeah. of yep. what, you're not at the center of stuff. And I think that that's a perspective that I would be really interested in Bethesda exploring for the Elder Scrolls 6. <gasps> You know what would be awesome? What's that? What if there is a chosen one type character and, and it's not you? And it's not you. Oh shit! You following their shadow the whole I actually, time. Re- I really oh my god! Like that. Cleaning up their message. It was. It's. It was. I was trying to remember the name earlier. Michael Kirkbride. That's his writing trope. You know, okay. walking the legend, being yes, the legend. Yeah. I would love them to explore the idea of the chosen one who's meant to be the legend, and he doesn't give a fuck. 
and he actually isn't doing it. And so by you walking the legend, you prove that you're actually the chosen oh. one, even though he's divine even though to somebody's be else divine in his life has I these powers. Like yeah. but it turns out, yeah, no, but because you're the one who actually does the things that the prophecy says, no, you've walked the legend. But let's remember, and 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 you know, before we go, oh, that's a great idea. Too bad Bethesda will never do it. Um, before we get too far down that, remember that Bethesda is a company that loves to turn tropes on their head. For yes, example. The very first quest that you ever get in Morrowind is to go clear out a cellar of rats. True. The very first quest that you get in Oblivion is a Fighter Guild's quest. Um, that you get in Oblivion, Fighter Guild, Fighter's Guild quest, is to go clear out a cellar of rats. But when you get there, the late you find out that they're the lady's pets. And that it's something killing the rats that you're supposed to go hunt and find. Uh-huh. So they are very good at doing the, the trope subversion. Yeah. And we know know how self-aware Bethesda is, they don't want to make the same game over and over and over again. That seems to be creatively boring for them, right? Yeah. Like, where EA has made an entire business in two decades out of doing that shit, Bethesda does seem genuinely interested in pushing the scope of their project while while also paring down the stuff that feels superfluous. The, yeah, the pl- and the pl- and yeah, and and I do think that, you know, as as Bethesda does continue on in development, that we'll continue to see that trend out of Bethesda and hopefully it's not going to be one of those things that comes back to bite them in the ass yeah. where there's so much expectation around, you know, what this game is that it can't ever deliver. Skyrim really had the benefit of Oblivion sucking before it. It, it really did. it really did and it makes me wonder what kind of expectations external expectations and pressures are going to be put on the elder scroll six as we start finding out more about where it is you know what the setting is the scope of the game i really I hope they didn't fall important. In, i hope they didn't fall into the trap of revealing it before it like too soon before it comes out like they hit so. it's not on tamriel at all no 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 they hit the right well, moment I, I, to do I, it i think what he's no, saying I is he doesn't that. want this to fall into the camp like uh, Kingdom Hearts 3 or FF7 where like is it out yet? Yeah. I, no, and I, I don't think that'll happen. No, I, think, I, I think Bethesda has its kind of finger on the pulse a lot more than Square well, Enix Because here's the thing. They did not need to announce that at that E3 presentation. No, Fallout 76 <laughs> was more that, than enough. Yeah, everything. Blade 76, two Wolfensteins, like their conference was stacked. That's what I mean. And if this game is like say four years out still, where are we going to be at in 2021 when we're like, are we still hearing about Elder Scrolls 6? Holy crap. But, I mean, you know, that's that's a far cry from 10 years of it Final is, Fantasy right? 15 yeah. development. I'm not sure. I just, I, there is a... And considering your game is out and widely the like widely fucking played right now and mm-hmm. not just that like like let's just think about this we uh, again it, in terms of like a, a marketing campaign they did not play very much of a hand all they gave us was the elder scroll 6 they've still got the reveal of where it's set yep. the reveal of how, what the scope of the game is mm-hmm. that's two e3s right there it really that's is two fucking that's two e3s. e3s they've got one more cinematic trailer in them Right, they can burn that one at the next E3, and we'll, prob- we'll probably get yeah, so we'll that's probably three. that's we'll three E3s. probably get a title that includes the province, right? And then the next E3, they come out, they reveal the scope of the game, and then they get another year on that just to kind of that's wrap three things E3s, up. and then you get another year, and then you know maybe at like better have a fucking release date on the next yeah one. release exactly date. A release that's date. when people a release start, date yeah. launch trailer that's that's when people will start getting impatient. Well, and, and to be fair too, if we look at everything they announced like like this year, like did anyone expect that Fallout seventy six would be a twenty eighteen release? No, and I that's mean, another yeah, thing that's, the, the, is that it's yeah. Bethesda. The These motherfuckers could come out in twenty. 20 and be like hey y'all guess what it's, it's coming out this year it's coming just out so this you know year. in, no, no, they could in, say like in it's 2019 they could say first quarter 2020 well no i'm just saying 2020 because yeah. that's probably when we'll start to see they also they also PS5s have the benefit they stuff. also have the benefit of having so much in-house technology that they're running all their games off of at this point that it's like like they've got such a mastery of their own systems I I I just changing the just the game period. They really you can imagine everywhere. if that fucker was a PS5 launch title. 
I bet it would Fuck be. Fuck me. You I, know I mean, what? Uh, ooh, ooh. First okay, day, you, you know what? There you go. I would. First day, honest, you're right. Honest to first fucking day, God. You're right. Because, because it's next gen, we have to at least wait for the PS5. That's, that's what I'm saying. Point. Yeah, 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 so yeah. 2020, yeah. 2021 well, is well, more logical. That's true. We don't necessarily have to wait for PS5. It could release on PC first. That's true. Ooh. And then be a PS5 launch title. Be ready ooh. for port by then. Yeah. That could totally happen. Yeah. I like that. Actually, I do. I actually like that. Oh. All right. Well, that uh, that was fun. Yeah, that was an interesting little discussion there. I mean, uh, uh, like it's it's always fun to nerd out about Bethesda and Elder yeah. Scrolls, and I mean, especially recently with how into ESO we've all been, and and yeah. you know, I've also been going back and playing Oblivion. So you know, it's definitely an itch that I think needs scratching. Like I think all of us collectively want to be able to scratch that next Elder Scrolls game. Come on, itch. Bethesda, scratch our itches. It's just a Bethesda itch for me, man. All right, let's uh, take. A look at what we were talking about this week on the radio show starting off with the PUBG Invitational going down uh, in just a few weeks at the 25th I think yeah yep. and also fucking stupid for going up against the grand finals <laughs> it, it, of it, it is you know J- Joe one of the things that I know that you wanted to ask us was what do we need to see out of this yeah, I really didn't see that to, segment uh, being too short. I right, was right, right. In order, in order for this to be a success, and you know, when I when I look at something like Overwatch or even the NALCS, I can give you that answer. But when I look at PUBG, I I don't really know what else it needs. That's the thing. Like, but I also don't think that what it has yet is enough. Is enough I, mean, I do sense. feel like they've been dragging their feet. Like when, it, like this should have probably happened last year. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, you know, it right. should have no, have happened over the holidays. Yeah. This should have happened at the turn of the new year. This should have happened like this should have been like a New Year's Eve okay. world championship. Sure. That'd have been cool. That, that actually would, that would, that, that that actually would have been, that been really made a lot of cool. sense. Co- coincide with Xbox release. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. yeah. That would have been the way to do it. I, I mean, it, it they just drug their feet on this. Uh, it, I mean, and it almost it really is starting to feel like, you know, the tortoise and the hare, right? That PUBG is so much slower at adapting than Fortnite, which But they were first out the gate and but, fastest. Right. But at the same time, though, but they haven't changed anything since then. Yeah, it's it's. I feel like what we're gonna see in 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 Berlin is no different than the last big PUBG tournament. That I mean, we there's saw. a new map and there's some new. There's attachments a new map and, and like there's that, new but. attachments and there's some new. You know, there'll probably be some cleaned up UI elements for the. But, but in a direct cleaner. But but again, though, this but this is why Fortnite is cleaning up against them. This is why Fortnite has such a massive, a, a much bigger player base, active uh, in. Install base, you know what I mean? Like yeah. it, it is quantifiably bigger. There is way more people talking about Fortnite. It is a zeitgeist issue. You know what I mean? Like it, PUBG, I think rested on their laurels for way too long. Of like, oh, look at our Steam numbers. Look at our Steam numbers. Our Steam numbers are they, amazing. They got and caught they, in two big issues. They got caught in the first issue of. Uh, problems with the Xbox port. Yes. So a significant amount of their development yeah. time got redirected into that. And they got caught in a huge issue with cheating and hacking and having to redirect uh, a lot yeah. of resources into that. And it's slow. And they even talked about that. Like, that slowed, they, that pushed back their development schedule by like four or five months. That's true. I do remember that. I do remember that. And that sucks. Like, but, but at the same but time. Why, but why did that impact its professional scene development? You know what I mean? Yeah. Are, that uh, should it, be totally separate from anything be. going on in the game outside of, hey guys, can it run? Is it running well? Although, you know, something that I, I don't think that we've ever even really picked up on or talked about is that it seems like now in a post-OWL and oh, post-NALCS world that fans are sort of waiting for the official, the actual developer of the game to say what their intention is for esports rather than, you know, what it used to be, which was figure out leagues and tournaments on yes. your own. See, I think maybe that's the problem that I'm having with, with PUBG because if you take the NALCS and OWL out of the picture PUBG is just doing exactly what esports have been doing and, it, and, and, and should be the doing but that's the problem. The, the it's just it's missing something the paradigm shifted and yet at the same time I feel kind of bad because PUBG really didn't take any longer to get its professional scene going than Overwatch it, did it, it, it did yeah, really yeah. right no you're exactly but right it, but it's, it's not always about time it's also about presentation as yeah. well and of course Blizzard, I wouldn't dare compare the resources of these two oh, companies. No. However, Robbie, I think you're perfectly right. And Nate, I think 
you've hit the nail on the head with this in terms of OWL and NALCS with the franchise model have changed the paradigm. They set they've a t- new bar. They've set a new bar and they've done they've found a way to make esports, you know, hashtag esports more palatable for the western audience. And I think when a game with a game like PUBG, it's going to be really hard for people to connect to something like it without having those not just geographic definers yes. but those branding definers uh for just simply how the game is played. We we all love watching PUBG, but let me ask you this. Do any of you guys have a team in PUBG? No. no. And that was that was exactly my point during the discussion about PUBG was that, you know, who cares who the teams are that are involved? It does it does it really matter if Cloud 9's not there? I know that everyone, you know, knows who Cloud 9 is, but at the end of the day, if I'm tuning in for PUBG action, the fact that Cloud 9's not there is not going to be a deterrent. Cuz at the end of the day, I couldn't tell you who the players on Cloud 9's PUBG squad are. Exactly. I don't know who I they are. I just tune in for PUBG be- action, but is it, it, because is none of that has been established as canon, though. There you go. Like, even within the league, right? Like, but again, if, you know, but like, what if someone like I Buy Power or, um, you know, Star Series wanted to come in and do PUBG tournaments, which they have been doing, everyone is just like, oh yeah, that's kind of nice, we'll check that out, but like, when is, when is Blue Hole gonna get involved? When there's is Blue nothing, Hole, there's nothing when's to the official to esports league for PUBG happening? And I feel like, like, Blue Hole or PUBG Corp, whichever you want to call it, was sitting there going, uh, wait a minute, what, we have to figure that shit out now, too? Riot. Thanks to and Blizzard and Riot. Yeah, yeah Riot and Blizzard have let the genie out of the bottle And, and in Capcom many ways. as well. <laughs> They've stepped up in terms of putting together the Capcom Pro Tour. Dragon Ball, you see, has, you know, Bandai Namco officially come out and sanction a tyranny. So, I think you're totally right, is that if, if Blue Hole or PUBG Corp, whatever the hell you want to call them, if they haven't come out and made any statements officially about what the expectations, what the, you know, prize pools, what the, the rule sets are going to be for a season long, uh, tourney or season long, uh, 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 tournament. Yeah. They, it's not going to have the same prestige. And, 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 and that's this, once this tournament's over. What else is we, there? We just move on to the next what's, one. What's right? the next thing? That's and it. and and again, you know, I think that comparing them to OWL is is a, a, a lot of it disingenuous because they should be being compared to what Fortnite is doing. And even with the Friday Fortnite tournaments, it seems like Fortnite is cleaning up over PUBG in those departments because that's that's week over week, right? For, yeah, it is. And Fortnite is once again just recognized like, no, 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 <laughs> fuck the way other people do it. Exactly. We are not the same game. We're going to do something different. Yeah. And you know what? Again, people are eating it up. Fortnite is just, they keep hitting. Every idea they have is working. Yes. Um, we also uh, talk about the latest in eSports news, including the USA Overwatch World Cup team, which is going to get destroyed. Pretty much. Dismantled. Mm, uh, pretty much. Robbie I, I, wants to have faith. I see it. Stop no, it. No, Robbie, it, it, stop. It, hold on. No, it, it, it's an Your interesting... Your optimism stop. is lost it's on the rest interesting, of us. It's an interesting thing, okay? Because if they go up against South Korea, absolutely see them being or destroyed. Canada. Who's or on Can- France. Who's on wait, Who's on Canada's team? I mean, I know XQC and Banny and sure for. I think they could hold their own against Canada. No. I don't know who's about who's, who's leading Canada. He's splitting hairs now. You are splitting hairs. Why? Why no, are because you splitting that, that, hairs? You the, are splitting on hairs. The USA is going to get there's other teams. Stop. Stop. There's Let me talk teams. on the show. You literally said the problem that Team USA has is there's no one to lead them. Yes. So how can that be their problem? But that's not Canada's problem. No, I just think Canada has better players. I just... uh, Look, all that matters is who's going to win in the end. Probably South Korea. South Korea. Korea. Oh, and and agilities. And note. Um, But if you look at... like The point is... We as Americans still want to root for Team USA. Yeah, well, I'm a root for them. It's it's a it's you're rooting for losers. Well, lose. uh, maybe. Uh, yeah, I, I'll I'll root. They for said them. the same thing about the 1980 US team. Uh, that you know what? To be fair, to be there fair, there was no if chance. If you get a miracle on ice moment, you'll have 
all well, the fucking and, USA fans behind you. And every single and one of them. We have seen or amazing if, things South happen Korea, in Overwatch. Or if South Korea gets eliminated in the first round, people will it's tune, like when Germany went out of the World Cup. People will tune back in in droves, that's and a, they'll be back in in a hurry. That but happens every World Cup. As, <laughs> but oh. as 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 we sit here right now, looking down the barrel and 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 seeing the 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 team selection being announced, I, there's just I don't have a well, whole lot. I of think hope. I think what Robbie's saying is you know what. It's Keep fun to hope, but yeah, don't bet your house on it. Well, the thing is, these aren't, they didn't choose bad players. No, 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 no. no. I just think, you know, the sum of, you know. The, the best American the talent best. doesn't stack up. There you maybe. go. There you go. You take our best, you stand it up against the rest of the world. I think there's a good, solid three countries. Does anyone have Mickey us. on their team? He's on, yeah, he's on the Thai team. Thai team. Okay, yeah. good. Yeah. As long as he is, I mean, I know who I'm rooting Wait, for Wait, hold on, no, I'll, Actually, I'm not sure. No, he's uh, sorry. Sorry, he's on the reserves in the in the All Star. No, he's on uh, the Titan. Is he? He's is on the Titan. I hope I'm so. He should be. Right now. All right, okay. he should be. Good. 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 Well, uh, speaking of Overwatch, we also talk about the big deal that was uh, announced this week, um, and really just Cash. kind of like moments yeah. before we started the show. So Pulling like, the curtain back, this was one of those moments where it's about uh, twelve thirty one in the afternoon, about two hours before any of us needs to be on our way down here to do the show. Yep. Norris pops in the chat, drops the 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 link to the announcement, you know, and we go. Oh, it's, 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 no. It's actually so cool to see because I, I figured we wouldn't see something like this until like season two. Next yeah. season. Yeah, yeah. They'd wait till like a fresh season. But the fact that they're just starting, they're just going to, you know what? No, grand finals. Let's go. Yep. That's no, really cool. I, it, it's, but yeah, it's, I, it's, 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 so, it's so intelligent, though. Yeah. Because think about this, right? ESPN is going to go to the fucking Barclays Center. It's going to be sold the fuck out. And they're going to have all the optics. And they're going to pop it on the ESPN. Yep. And people are going to see people who filled the Barclays Center in Brooklyn. Going in nuts. In New York. Just going nuts. Losing their shit. Absolutely. Now, that's the, the, the point. optics is so good that's on That's the part. And that's the point that we have not not seen with Overwatch League. We haven't seen with American esports outside of Evo, and even Evo don't be fully full. Like, that's the optics that they want. It's like the World Cup. I know people who don't give a fuck about soccer until the World Cup. Well, yeah. well and, and, and you know something else that I, that I noticed today when uh, uh, we, we actually got to watch the, the, the first uh, uh, round between uh, Philly and, and Boston, and they were doing a sizzle reel beforehand, and they, and they had like a sort of little uh, uh, you know thing for, for, for Carpe, talking to him and his aspirations mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And I remember when we first started doing this show, they had done something similar for that, I think, for maybe it was uh, 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 STK in in League back before all the franchising stuff. Yep. And we just thought this is so awkward. Look at all those nerds. But the production quality and the way that Blizzard and the OWL have managed to do it, I don't look at them and so think... So a good producer. Yeah, I, I'm not right? like, oh man, this is really awkward. Like, they make it work, and Carpe, who is this little dude with noodle arms, still seems like, man... like, like He's this, larger than life, yeah, though. Yeah. This, this dude is going all the way. Like, he straight up said, when people think about Overwatch, I want them to think of me. And it makes, you know, and it makes sense for Disney to uh, broker such a partnership, too, because, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, you look at the final product and you go, oh yeah, that's that's a thing that I can see on ESPN right now oh, and man. we all we said that from the from day one even yeah, sitting in the middle of it you're like why is this not on espn this is another way for disney to penetrate the asian market i mean yeah kind of star wars ain't getting it done Anyway, um, so uh, we also uh, we we are running out of time yeah, on this yeah. podcast. So, uh, and we haven't even talked about this one: the oh, ArenaNet drama. Um, the two developers from ArenaNet, makers of Guild Wars Two, uh, being fired over uh, a, a back and forth uh, over Twitter, and uh, really interesting, really interesting discussion on the show. Uh, I, I recommend, highly recommend, going and, and finding that segment and checking it out because uh, it. Really really was a great discussion but i I, you know i think it's it it speaks to not just you know stuff that we see in the video game industry and this you know the relationship between audience and developer and and that feedback mechanism that developers need to be able to be make better games right um but you know this this also i think impacts the ability for 
even media professionals to be honest in their criticism with game devs because it's like you know you want them to be able to defend themselves or defend their position and if they feel like they can't even do that i think that that's a a sound negative for the industry and and trying to be able to find common ground and a and a path forward through criticism and suggestion this story you know we had a lot of people talking about this uh, on the twitch chat while we were uh doing the segment uh, but the one thing I will say, and I forgot who it was, but they essentially said that, you know, this whole this whole saga was mishandled by pretty much all parties By everyone involved. who touched it. By everybody who touched Except it. Except for Reddit, because Reddit oh, did exactly man. what Reddit, Reddit wanted to do, yeah. and they got what they and wanted. they got what right. they wanted. They didn't mishandle it, they just handled it reprehensibly. Right. Well, but that's, again, but that they purposely did that. They do that on purpose to be able that's to... That's a job, subterfuge. Yeah, subterfuge and obfuscation <sighs> and, and, you know, they had, they had an agenda. At the end of the day, they wanted this woman to lose her fucking job and they got that accomplished yeah well ultimately though where i place the blame is on arena net because you're right everyone handled this wrong but arena net was oh, the handled one it the worst who could have put a stop to it Easily. and instead put the nails in the coffin yeah Easily. all all that conversation had to be was a nudge on her shoulder and say like you don't have to don't deal engage. with that. Don't, yeah, don't, 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 don't engage with that. And walk out the door. It's not making, yeah, it's not making anything any so, better. So, I mean, I, That's I don't the know. whole conversation. That's right. all it has no, to be. I, I totally there, agree. Could there be more, you know, in terms of behind the scenes and her relationship with the company, perhaps? Maybe. Yeah. We don't but know. We, we and don't we'll know. never know. But, but again, this, you know, the fundamental question of do you own your own social media? Who owns your social media account? Do you always represent your job when you're out in the public? And I don't think that the answer that question is yes i just don't i just don't and especially because the president of the united states makes a concerted case every fucking day that your social media is your own and you should be held accountable for the things that you say on there but nothing that i saw in this exchange warranted someone losing their fucking job much less a second person coming to the initial person's defense also losing their job i think well i I feel terrible for peter freeze i do freeze i and that's my thing overall i think you are absolutely accountable for anything you say on your social media and that could in some cases include losing your job that's the way of the world today you put yourself out there publicly you eat the consequences of it that said what we saw in this exchange is like like i've seen i've read worse i've heard worse things in a kindergarten class like right that, there was nothing really but it's, I mean, it's not you, even it's not even so much that it's it, again it's the whole point of the fact that they you know this company could not handle the pressure from such trolls. The, right. the People with an agenda. That, trolls. that is super problematic. That's yeah. really what it comes down to because I don't think it, it, it inherently has anything to do with this discussion that was being had or two people in a war in a war of words. No, this was a group who saw an opportunity to and push jumped. to push an agenda and they jumped and they, and they got their way. And they won. And that was disgusting. it. And this company let them win. Yeah. Even if this lady was suspended, even if this, you know, even if it was a situation where they just, as you said, just nudged her and told her, don't feed the trolls. But they didn't do that. And no, now, they went and fed the trolls even they more. They fed the exactly. trolls even more because now they're empowered. And yes. you really think that they're about to stop at this? No. No. No, listen, I I was employed at a public radio station during the days of Gamergate. I was an outspoken critic of Gamergate because a lot of what I saw out of it was harassing specifically of women and trans people in the gaming industry. And I spoke out against it. And there was one person who did get involved on the level of getting my employer uh, to look into it. They sent some sort of email that was like, do you know what your employee is saying on social media? And when my employer looked at what it was, brought me into their office and asked what it was, they were like, yeah, okay, that makes a lot of sense. But if they didn't agree with it, either it politically or ethically yeah. or whatever, then I would have been held to account for that. And I don't think that an employer should have the leverage to be able to do that. It's that that's like firing someone for their political opinions. That's like firing someone for uh, holding a personal belief that you don't agree with. Mm-hmm. That should be illegal. 
That should be, uh, 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 you know, something that's protected, you know, and, and I'm not saying that everyone should just be able to go out and say whatever. There absolutely have to be representatives that act in official capacity on Twitter for brands. But I do sympathize with this woman when she says, listen, I don't have to be your emotional courtesan here. I, this is my personal space. This is on my her day off. Yeah, on my day off, getting close to a holiday. This is my own personal uh, timeline. This is, you know, it's not like she got on the ArenaNet account or the official Guild Wars Two account and started or, going or back or and retweeted forth with her folks. tweet from either one of those. This was her own personal shit. And yeah, she claims that she's a developer. She can do that. That's her fucking job. So when someone pushes back against criticism, I do think that as a creative person, you do have the freedom to do that. Oh, or if yeah. someone criticizes you, you can say, yeah, but fuck you. I, I, I thoroughly believe that. Yeah. I'm open to accepting all kinds of criticism. But the minute you step a line, I'm going to go, yeah, but fuck you. Whether it's in public or whether it's in my own head, that shouldn't matter. That should not matter to me or to my employer. We also talk about Todd. Ho- we also talk about Todd Howard, the latest in gaming news, as well as uh, Todd Howard talking about Skyrim. Where's Todd, Todd Howard? Would tell me to go fuck myself. And and kind of in in the same way, you know, he's he he makes his own uh, his own statement of you know if you don't want to see Skyrim remade over and over again, quit buying it. We delve deeper into that, but that was literally the podcast topic today. Yep. Yeah, that's true. Uh, we also uh, talk about ESO. We've all been playing Elder Scrolls Online and enjoying it quite a bit. And I think especially when comparing it up to some of the other MMOs that we've been oh. playing for a long time. It's refreshing. It is refreshing. And, and, it's, and it's surprising because you would think that being in the MMO genre, you wouldn't find that many refreshing aspects to a game that inhabits the same not, space. Not at this point. In the MMO right. sort of life cycle, you know, with them quote unquote dying out and stuff, I did not expect to feel. Is that something else millennials killed? <laughs> the MMO? I think the MMO. No, might, I think the it MMO it genre killed itself. Yeah, pretty yeah. Well. The, yeah. the millennials might be the ones keeping it alive, actually. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I never thought that you know, beyond your first or maybe your second MMO, you usually don't get to feel some of the things that ESO has done for me. Again, you know, you have your yeah. first MMO, and then anything thereafter is just a shadow of how you originally. Everything feel else about is it. diet MMO, right? Yep. And, <laughs> yeah, and, and and real, but I mean, like, I honestly have walked away so impressed with with Elder Scrolls Online that you know, I I, I actually sat and and I was like, dude, I really, uh, Joe, you were the first one that I had, I think I had bought ESO mm-hmm. for because I was like, the as much as you talk about how much you enjoyed your Morrowind experience, number three, I'm after going games. through half of Vardenfell, I was like, dude, I. If you played Morrowind, you're going to love this experience. And even though I didn't spend a ton of time on Vardenfell, I want to go back and do it as my kind of final area. I loved what I experienced there. It felt like Morrowind. Absolutely. Uh, cool. Quick quick question for you, Nate, because uh, historically, whenever you get into a game, we've all dropped it and you've never gotten to actually play with us. So how does it feel now that we're all actually playing a game that you like? Well, that's not actually true because we made an entire podcast out of playing a game that I like. You jackass. But and you, that's you lasted are... for mm, the better part of 10 years. <laughs> Who still plays that one, though? Yeah, I, yeah. now. Yeah. Now. <laughs> 10 but years how, later. How, how, I, I found a really good mechanism for tricking you to get invested in that. It's called <laughs> fucking paying you. <laughs> Yeah, that works. Yeah. So this, I was I was happy to spend the $10 and just dangle it out there and go, yeah, you make the decision. Because that's exactly what I did. Yeah. That's, I, I just... Is it worth it for you to play? Very casually, just logging in and doing some shit, and there was, I, I don't know when the click happened, but there was something that happened where I went, damn, I'm thinking about this even after I've logged off, and I really want to log on tomorrow. And I haven't felt that for an MMO in a long time. Not since 11 for me. I mean, I, I did feel it a, a bit in 14, especially around the relaunch of uh, Realm Reborn. Sure. But even, I mean, Norris, we would talk at work when when we were yeah. working at the, at the same place, that even halfway through a realm reborn there was shit that i was rolling my eyes at already oh, and yeah. i was all i was i was already like dude us. that's so played out the both of us yeah because we, we we were we were specifically i remember this specific conversation we just basically talked a lot about like primals and how primals were working and oh it was atma yeah it was atma at the time yep. if i'm not mistaken yep, yep. So that was, was exactly like, the conversation it was like man this is 
fucking shitty. Yeah. And I don't want to do this. But, and again, always, well, were my arguments? Well, it may build towards something bigger and cooler. Well, and that it never, never happened. Uh, it didn't. Never happened. Uh, we also talk about the fascinating Fortnite ARG where uh, in-game items are making their way to the real world. Durberger. Durberger. Randomly in the desert. That's, Why not? They should make the little bounce bombs in real life. Think about it. They're probably, they probably dangerous. are out there somewhere. Or is, is there Maybe some, they are out did, there. Did someone break open those uh, those loot llamas? What's inside those? Actually, I'm really curious to know what's in those, because I bet that the, the next clue is probably inside. Probably condoms. That's the problem. By the time the shows come out, we probably will know what's inside them, but we don't know now. They're yeah, just chopping up today. Yeah. Actually, that did. That was like popping up in the middle of our break. Yeah. yeah that, where that crazy. happened. Yeah. Oh um, and and yeah, I, I just I love seeing stuff like this, you know, even going back to the I love bees website for the halo, yep. uh, you know, ARG. Uh, I've definitely been fascinated by the different, you know, puzzles and techniques that people deploy to be able to, you know, hide a hint. It's it's yeah. fucking amazing. Um, and if you want again, I had mentioned this on the show, but if you want one of my favorite examples of it, go back and uh, check out Marble Hornets. Uh, it, it's 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 unique in the ARG realm because there's something to go back and re-experience and watch afterwards. Yeah. yeah. Um, and you can kind of, you know, through Wikipedia's kind of get a sense of like how it unfolded. But that one was a whole lot of fun and really interesting. And then, uh, of course, we wrap up today talking about our social media question, asking about what your favorite couch co-op game is. Explaining first what a couch co-op game <laughs> is for those that are, uh, you know, maybe uh, not yet. of drinking age. Yeah, can't drink. Right. Yeah, exactly. Because, I mean, at some point, that concept did really die out. And I think, you know, Halo may have been one of the last the last Real holdouts on that. Couch co-op games. Yeah, yeah Halo, like 3. Halo 3. Halo yeah. 3. That was, was the, it, la- that was was the last time that they did split screen, and the, the, the community has been begging for it ever since. Oh, that concept died out on the Xbox. Right? That's crazy yep. to think about. Isn't that bananas? Yeah. Um, anyway, but that's what uh, we were talking about this week on the radio show. Uh, check that out every Tuesday over at Mixcloud.com slash Checkpoint Radio, and of course, posted up at our website, CheckpointRadio.com. That's going to be it for the Checkpoint Radio podcast. Thanks so much for checking us out today. Checkpointradio.com is where you can find out more info about the show, as well as full episodes on demand posted every Tuesday, interviews from past shows, and much, much more. That's all over at Checkpointradio.com. Stay up to date on all the latest by following us on social media. Check PT Radio on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And if you like the show, consider dropping by our Apple Podcast feed and giving us a rating and a review. Checkpoint Radio is a production of Westwood One. Our theme is provided by the band Weird At Last. Big thanks to our producers, Rick Scott, Kevin Graham, and Christine Corpus. For the Checkpoint Radio crew, Robbie Landis, Norris Howard, and Joe Sloan, I'm Nate Bender. Keep listening. You've been listening to the Checkpoint Radio Podcast. Make sure you subscribe to iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Also, tune into our weekly radio show. For more information and the latest on esports and gaming, go to CheckpointRadio.com. 